Hi everyone, um, I am Hannah, the teaching pastor of Urban Village Church. You're gonna hear from both of these beautiful folks in a second, but we are here for a very, very special reason, which is, yay, yay. <laughs> to introduce you to our new site pastor for the Wicker Park bar, 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 at Park Woodlawn Sites. Yay, <laughs> welcome. We know it has been a long wait, but it has been one that is well worth it because D'Angelo Smith, who we are introducing you to live and in video today, many of you saw them in a video last week or may have read their bio or seen their picture, um, is just going to be an extraordinary gift to our community. So creative and deeply formed by the arts and theater arts, um, so deeply committed to meeting people where they are and moving with them in their spiritual lives. D'Angelo right now is a um, chaplain at children's hospitals really just being with people in the hardest moments of their lives all along the life of discipleship and faith spectrum. And D'Angelo is also um, has been for many years at University United Church of Christ. I always get the words mixed up, but um, that was the first church I ever went to in Chicago. And I mean, I still get the words mixed up because so many of them start with UNC, but it's a beautiful <laughs> church in, uh, in Hyde Park. And so, so many beautiful connections to our community and we're so glad to have you. Yay, yes. Yes. So I'm glad uh, the, question, the question that is like burning on everyone's heart and mind and by everyone, I mean me, is <laughs> um, what is your favorite slash worst church joke? Because I'm always collecting... Um, what is, I think, misnamed dad humor. I think it is like bad humor, good, good, so, so bad it's good humor. Um, and uh, church jokes typically have some, some uh, um, version of that. Um, so I want to hear, I need some fresh material. So tell, tell, like, what's your favorite or worst slash worst uh, church joke? So um, I was told this one, one time and I thought it was like hilarious. So there was a parishioner that came to the pastor and was like, you know, tithes is so much money because I make so much money. 10% of what I make is a lot of money. And the pastor's like, oh, okay, okay. Um, the parishioner said, can we negotiate the price of tithes so that, you know, so that I can pay less? He said, the pastor says, yeah, let's negotiate with God about that. So Pastor said, let's pray together. So he starts praying, Lord, John thinks that tithes is a lot of money. And we ask that you decrease his salary, that he can pay less in tithes. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. And the prisoner was like, oh. Love it. So uh, be careful what you ask for, maybe, uh, right. or pray for. <laughs> right. All the church jokes I know, I feel like are mean to somebody. So I'm glad to yes. have one in the repertoire now that's just funny. Um, All the other ones I have are like mean to someone. So <laughs> yeah. like, that's a good one, not that it's not mean to someone. <laughs> not the judgy one. Yeah. <laughs> So D'Angelo, I think people would love to get to know you a little better. Um, it, I think there are just so many ways that you connect already to our ongoing mission. One thing, I'm, I have uh, fake Wicker Park behind me right now. Um, a lot of our sites take place in theaters and theatrical spaces, and you have this really beautiful arts and theater arts background. And I wonder, like, how does that connect to spirituality for you? What's the relationship there? What does that mean for your faith leadership? Yeah, so I, I'm really excited about, you know, like 
pastoring a community that is inside of a theater. Because there's so much that we could do. Um, but let's pull it back to the question. Um, I, I, I found my spirituality through theater um, and the embodiment of, of a character or um, improv that, that I was able to actually um, embody in my body, not just think about it in my head. And I feel faith is that and spirituality is that for me um, that I can't just only talk about it, but I have to live out grace, right? Mm -hmm. I have to live out mercy. And, and so when I was younger, I used to take these like faith concepts, right? And actually make a character out of them. Like how would grace be today, you know? And, and actually live that out. And that's how I started to really read the Bible and, and um, formulate my own theology as a kid. This is what I was doing. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to go tonight and be like, if I was going to walk like mercy, how would I walk? That's so cool. Yeah. That, um, that actually makes me wonder too, like how has your, um, as you have continued to grow as um, a person in performing arts um, and, and particularly how you have utilized arts and ministry, um, how has that like shaped your understanding of, of how God moves and like who God is in the world. Well, this has blown my imagination out of the park, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, I believe that God is always imagining, always like pushing us to imagine things different and rehearse those things. And so um, I, I always say rehearse, I, I will, I'm gonna say it a lot. You have to rehearse something to know that if it's for you or if it's not for you. And so for me, um, performance arts teaches me to rehearse something and it may not feel good at first, but one day it may start to feel good or it may never feel good and I just need to drop that out of my practice. Um, so I'm all about tangible, like something tangible that you can take away from. So illustrations, I go to illustrations a lot in sermons because that's something tangible. You, you're gonna remember that Rubik's Cube, right? <laughs> or you're gonna remember a, a, a live like version of box being stacked that are the Tower of Babel. You're gonna remember that and you're gonna remember me pushing it down and then those concepts will start to come. So, so having that performance-based piece um, in worship is important to me. And I think that worship anyway is, is performance. And, yeah. and I and make that deep, face, yeah. I make that face because some people are like, oh, that doesn't sit right with me, but you know, in performance. So what do you theory, mean about performance by performance that is distinct to the context of, of worship um, versus performance that you're putting on. Yeah, yeah. can unpack yes. that a little bit. Yeah, so, so for me, I enter life through performance theory. So we're always performing, 
Um, I'm performing now. Emily's performing. Hannah's performing. Our authentic selves. <laughs> and so in worship, I feel that we are performing worship to God. So it's, and we may practice new ways of worship. Some, you know, clapping hands, lifting our hands. It's all a performance. It, and what that means is it's, it's embodied, right? Mm -hmm. It's lived out um, and it's expressed. It's not confined inside. Um, but even sitting still is a performance for me. So, so I entered the world through a performance theory mindset. Um, so, so I think about like why people do what they do, like why people say what they say. Um, and to me or to a group of people, or why would they just say it to me and not to the group of people? So it changes every time. Yeah, I just wanted to say, D'Angelo, how much um, just in interviewing you several weeks ago, whenever it was, that concept you brought has impacted me because um, I think it's it's clear that it's a big part of how you find compassion is really sort of taking these different roles. Like, what is going on with that person? What are they thinking? But also this idea of rehearsal. We talk a lot at Urban Village about um being experimental, being unafraid to fail, being bold as some of the stuff that keeps us going in hard times. And I've really started to use that language of rehearsal because I think it's even more freeing and even more liberating, right? We're practicing something and then there will be more room for growth and improvement. I want to like switch lanes a little bit, if that's okay with you, um, which is one of the things I love the most about Hyde Park Woodlawn that I think Emily really cultivated is the, um, the ways in which kids are really in leadership there, like kids set the communion table, kids are running the show, like they're, they're just really a present and vibrant form of the worship life. And your ministry like of um, chaplaincy to children, I think is really unique. And I wonder how being around kids' spiritual lives has impacted you as a pastor. Like, what does that mean to you? So playful. Like, <laughs> I, 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 I believe that play is important in any aspect of life, mm -hmm. and especially in the pulpit, or especially on Sunday. You, we want to be all, you know, stern about our faith, but there's times and moments where we need to play. You know, and so that's what what ministry with children has taught me to be a little lighter, you know? Like my work is hard as a chaplain. I'm coming in in hard moments and this kid's laughing and wanna play Uno and, or wanna explore God through the arts. And so what I'm, I do is art-based spiritual care. So just, even translating that into the, the parish world, I'm excited about that to see how that will work, you know, to bring that art-based spiritual care to the children and also um, to adults. But what I am excited about, I'm glad that you said that because I love when children are apart, that they are not just go over there, you know, go to children's church, you know, but they are part of the whole, body of believers and that they should read the scriptures sometimes. They should give a test 
testify and they should pray. Um, and I'm excited about that, to have that culture. One of the things I think um, often that I talk about, I think this is, certainly this is true at Hyde Park Woodland and I would guess that this is also fairly true at, at Wicker Park is like, we have um, among among the adults, um, kind of a whole spectrum of folks um, in terms of their like educational attainment, right? So uh, it's kind of, we range from GED to PhD is kind of the way that, that I think about it. And um, one of the challenges and gifts of um, ministry uh, having engaged with children is that they'll ask like really kind of difficult theological questions, right? And yes. you can't lean on that, you know, graduate level vocabulary. Uh, theodicy, to, blah, right, blah, 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 blah. The eschatology of God, yeah. right? Like you can't use that, kind of, you gotta break it down like several steps along the way, which ultimately like, I think actually most adults could use as well um, because I think can't remember if I heard this from you Hannah or someone but most folks are are you know if they grew up in church like they probably made it through confirmation at at you know and then so the, and then their like formation spiritual formation kind of drops off after this this kind of middle school early high school time and then they don't kind of come back to their to in a serious way to exploring their faith until they're maybe in their early to mid twenties which like has they've leapt so much in their own kind of development, but still sometimes that vocabulary remains kind of, um, uh, it, they're, they're drawing from limited vocabulary. And so like, even in a church context, like someone may be very well educated in a lot of other spaces of their lives, but when it comes to like their language, like their spiritual language, their theological language, they really need, um, or I should say it can be very much more helpful and accessible, right? To have someone who knows how to sort of take a very, what can seem like very complicated, um, kind of naughty theological um, concept and break that down into like understandable, digestible pieces. Cause it's not just, this is not like a, just a, a head game, right? Like we're not yes. like, this is a heart process too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we need to like, uh, figure out ways that we can make that real, um, and absorbable by the spirit, um, of, in terms of where folks are. And so I just, I sort of see that as being super valuable, um, particular, and, and especially for those who also are like carrying with them some really deeply harmful traumatic theologies that need to be broken down and reconstructed in ways that, um, are life-giving for them and, and, help them, you know, engage in God's work in the world. And so I'm kind of curious for you, like, in a, uh, to shift to another space, like, is there for you, like, a particular um, kind of theological theme that has come up for you in your own life that um, you find yourself either returning to in your own experience or returning to in your, like, speaking and talking about who and how God is in the world? Yes. Um, so... Romans 8 always comes up for me, like all of it. And, 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 and not because I would read all of it right now because it, uh, it's so much to unpack. But I would just say, going to the end, you know, verse 39, nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Jesus Christ. Nothing, no thing. And, and that always comes up for me because 
um, I, I had a hard time, you know, within my Pentecostal tradition and just the religious trauma that I went through um, and, and these words of, 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 of sin and repentance and, and abomination and uh, I was just like eating at me, right? And I remember when like I was in China, like I had, I was so depressed. I was culture shock and I was in my room. I didn't want to come out. I kept taking sick days. So I was in my room for a week and I would just pray and cry pray and cry, right? And one day I just felt like my burdens, like I kept hearing, cast your burdens on me and find rest. And, and when I did that, I heard that scripture, nothing can separate you from the love of God. I love you just the way that you are. So that comes up over and over again in, my theology and my my personal life in my everywhere nothing that's a good one <laughs> you've mentioned a little bit a couple of people may have been like oh pentecostal oh a hard time oh china um do you want to share just a little bit of like how you grew up what made you who you are little little yeah. bio stuff yeah definitely i love talking about my family i always <laughs> say my family was made God made my family just for me, <laughs> like just for me. My mama was made for me, my dad, all, everybody. Um, so I grew up on the south side of Chicago, south side. <laughs> um, I went to, I love to say what schools I went to because they impacted me in so many ways. I went to Marcus Garvey Elementary School where I was taught to honor my blackness and really understand the great things that black people have done in this world. Mm -hmm. And then I went to Percy L. Julian High School. So two black intelligent individuals, right? Schools named after them. And I was taught to really own who I am. So I was born to Carol and Terrence Smith. My mama is my everything. Thank um, you, Carol. <laughs> her family, um, my mom's family just brought us up in the word, brought us up in the Christian faith. We had Bible studies as kids together. We prayed together. And one thing that they allowed is us to explore our faith. So I could explore my faith the way that I needed to explore my faith and not just like, you gotta believe this, do, 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 do. But at church, that's what it was. You gotta believe this, you gotta do this, you know? But it was a great Bible-based church where I learned a lot about the Bible, but then, you know, those interpretations of the Bible, I was sitting in the back and be like, okay, hmm or sit in the front because I was in leadership and be like, I don't know about this. It's not sitting right with me. Yeah. I'd be like, pray the gay away, pray it away, pray it away. And like, it'd be like, what is wrong with you? Like, what's going on? And it wasn't into college where our professor Kelly Hogan, <sighs> bless her heart. Um, she was like, yo, let's talk. 
I know you believe in God. I know you're faithful and all of this stuff, but this is harming you. Let's talk about that. Let's, you're not being your true authentic self. And I'm like, Kelly, you don't know what you're talking about. You, Jesus is real. <laughs> Jesus is going to deliver me. Da, 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 da. And I just start crying in her office and just, I broke free from that and I was struggling. And that's when I went to China. And that's when I had that experience with God. And I was like, nobody can tell me anything no more. Mm. Hey, I'm here. Mm. I'm proud. <laughs> I'm black. I'm queer. And I'm proud about it. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And, and I'm called to the ministry. What now? What you going to say now? <laughs> well, we're so excited for you to bring your Romans 8 experience to everybody else. Yeah. And uh, we are excited to see the ways that you become that voice for so many others um, who walk through the doors of UBC, unsure if if they can really, if this is legit, right? Like if they really can bring their whole selves um, and in a way that uh, is unashamed and unafraid. And um, I know that just a major shout out to our search team who, uh, who spent a lot of time um, doing the work of, of thinking through um, a, a thoughtful process, but also one that would would bring forth um, that person who we know that um, can carry forward both our, certainly our Wicker Park and Hyde Park Woodlawn sites um, into their next chapter of life together. But ultimately, like, because we are a church that understands ourselves as one church and that we all kind of work together and support each other, that like your your participation um, in our on our staff and, and will change the entire church um, as well. And so I'm excited to see what that looks like. Um, I'm excited to get to know you better as I know that so many other folks are as well. And so um, as we kind of wrap up this little kind of, you know, hopefully a taster and teaser um, uh, for, for, for our folks um, who are a little more curious about you, do you have any like final words that you wanna say before um, we finish up our time? I just wanna say thank you to the hiring team for real, because you all <laughs> made me feel like I was on cloud nine after mm. every encounter with you all. And you all expressed the, the really nature or, or the essence of your mission. And mm. you all are setting the city on fire. You know, you are igniting the city. So I, I'm so excited about that. And I'm so excited to join on and creating these Jesus loving communities, inclusive communities that ignite the city. Hey, you got it. Hey. Um, well, for folks who are wondering, um, if, especially at our Hyde Park Woodlawn and, and uh, Wicker Park sites, how can I get to know Pastor D'Angelo after they come on staff? Just a heads up, mark your calendar, save the date. Um, we've got a couple of happy hours scheduled. Um, December 8th is going to be um, our Wicker Park um, happy hour, and D'Angelo will be there. Um, and then December 10th, which is a Thursday. Um, will be uh, when our Hyde Park Woodland folks will have an opportunity um, as well to get to know D'Angelo. I'm sure we could also have a few interlopers from, from other sites as well if, if folks are curious, yeah. but keep your eyes peeled for the e-news and, and the, um, the links to that. But thank you so much, D'Angelo. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, we're grateful for, for the gifts um, and your willingness to say yes to the spirit and yes to Urban Village. Um, and we will be praying for you between now and, and when you come on staff. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs>